Welcome to Reboot for Connection, the podcast dedicated to understanding connection at work. This is where we talk to leaders, communications professionals, and other subject matter experts about how organizations are now intentional about designing for connection in the workplace. Real connection to people, mission, and the work itself. We explore what can be achieved when this is approached as a strategic initiative. My name is Jürgen Abo, and this podcast is brought to you by ScreenCloud. Now, let's get into the good stuff. All right, yes, we are grateful to have a true communications professional with us today, a former journalist with experience from the Los Angeles Times, and who spent the past decade in key comms roles in healthcare. Currently at a top 10 hospital here in the US, Cedars-Sinai, meet Director of Internal Communications, Tanya Shatila. Tanya, welcome. Hi there. All right. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's absolutely our pleasure. So I'd like to start with the current state of internal comms in healthcare. Exactly how hard is it? So it's definitely been a very challenging last six, almost seven months now. Um, Obviously, I don't think any one of us really understood what the implications of COVID-19 would be. Uh, both in our work lives and and personal lives, but here we are almost seven months in. Um, And I think, you know, especially in healthcare, the global pandemic has really changed, completely changed the way we work um, and the way we need to communicate with one another. Um, I think organizationally for healthcare organizations, um, we understand that communications is more critical now than it ever has been. Uh, And this has really been like such an eye-opening experience for us to understand that communications is really at the forefront of what we are doing right now. So on a daily basis, you know, we're dealing with rapidly changing information, guidelines and protocols. Uh, And especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, there were days when we were receiving uh, information on how to potentially do a process at one point in the day, and then three hours later, having that information change based on changing guidelines from the CDC, as an example. So we have really had to just rapidly evolve as the situation has evolved. Um, and we've needed to evolve our content uh, and our communications and communication strategies as well to ensure that we're keeping our employees as informed, engaged, and connected as, uh, as we possibly can. And so it's definitely been a very challenging time, um, but I think it's also been very eye-opening to really show us uh, the power of communications in a workforce. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I imagine is the case for you guys is, as you mentioned, things might change not only on a daily basis, but a couple of times a day even. Um, You probably have stepped up the frequency of communication quite a bit. Where where is that at over these past six, seven months? What's it been looking like? Is it daily updates or what's going on? Yeah, so um, right at the onset of COVID, I think we as an institution and I think healthcare organizations really across the nation understood that the need for daily communications was critical, um, sometimes multiple times a day. 
what we have done is we've actually adopted a daily update that goes out to all of our staff members every single morning. And this update essentially includes all of the most pertinent information that we believe our staff need to know for that day. And we've really found that this sort of cadence of daily communications, um, it's not only critical for the work that our employees do, but we've also found that it's critical to ensure that our employees still feel connected with the organization. Because it's really easy, I think, for staff members in any organization to feel a bit lost during crisis. And so when you have a consistent cadence of communications, you maintain that uh, line of communication between employees and employer that helps everyone, I think, feel a bit more comfortable with their own role and with the situation that they're dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's got to be quite intense. And uh, in industries like tech and, and all that, we think a lot about keeping employees engaged. But I think the stakes are far, far higher, obviously, in healthcare. Um, how do you feel like staff is, is responding to this? Um, what's, the, what's the response like? So we know um, from feedback that we've heard and most recently a uh, organizational survey that we put out that our staff is overwhelmingly uh, happy and grateful for the daily communications that we're put putting out at our organization. Um, the comments really just drive home this message of gratitude uh, by our employees and again connection you know I think that the daily updates prove that employees really are hungry for communications they want to hear about what's going on they want to feel informed they want to be engaged um, and so these daily updates provide a platform to do that and as I mentioned, we most recently put out a organizational survey that uh, polled a number of different items. Um, but one of the items uh, that we included in the questions uh, was something around the, the daily updates. And so we wanted to know how do our employees feel about the frequency of the updates, about the updates themselves, about the content. Uh, and we had about three quarters of our organization that actually took the survey and more than 80% of those polled were overwhelmingly, again, just the majority were so happy with the daily COVID communications and agreed that they were relevant and meaningful and impactful to them in their daily work. So the fact that the majority of the organization is not only reading these updates on a regular basis, but actually feels that they're relevant to their jobs, I think that speaks volumes to what, you know, the model that we have um, produced at Cedar sinai It's really amazing. I think a lot of folks in a lot of other organizations would feel um, that it would be a bit much, right, to be communicated with so frequently, perhaps not under these circumstances, but you guys must be doing something right, uh, not only with the content, but probably also how you deliver this and, and what you wrap it in. I can imagine it's a ton of work. Um, I was curious though, what, what in your opinion, how is, is leadership in healthcare overall 
kind of evolving in their view of internal comms and and this level of frequency and this level of intensity what what shifts are you seeing there just in healthcare overall in terms of how leaders are, are viewing internal comms Sure. And I'll say, I'm just going back to one point that you made. So I do think from what I've seen throughout my career um, and what I've seen peers doing in healthcare, I do think, especially in times of crisis and right now, again, employees are hungry for consistent, timely, relevant communication. So uh, something like a daily update where it may sound frequent um, actually may not be for an employee on the job every day dealing with a very stressful situation. And I think healthcare institutions across the country are really now sort of waking up to the importance of internal communications as a result of COVID um, and really understanding the value of keeping a workforce informed. You know, I'm very fortunate to work for an institution that really values and understands um, the value of its own people. And even prior to COVID-19, internal communications is always deemed a priority. And if anything, I think COVID has just further put the spotlight on internal communications and leaders across the country, at organizations across the country, are really making it a priority to be actively engaged in these discussions around internal messaging to staff. And so that's very exciting because we're really seeing that dial move. Yeah, what it brings up for me is that it's almost like we're moving into a new paradigm where really great organizations recognize that almost a continuous flow of communication with staff is the right thing to do. And it's, it's, it's a different approach than perhaps a few years ago, several years ago, where the communication style may have been different, the channels may have been a little bit different. Now it's, it's, it's understood by both sides that you know, keeping that communication going is actually a key success factor and a situation like COVID-19 in healthcare has probably been the biggest sort of example of, of that truly being valuable. But I think it is a, a bigger thing. What I was mentioning earlier is probably kind of a reference to the old way of, of thinking and reacting to this, right? Where, oh, I'm getting all these emails. Like, no, it, the, the new way is much more about ongoing communications. Is that fair to say? Yes, I, I do believe so. You know, I, I have always said and I continue to believe that timely, consistent, impactful, relevant information needs to be shared regularly with a workforce. And every organization in or out of healthcare, they will find what that perfect cadence is, right? Um, but it needs to be timely, it needs to be relevant, and it needs to be consistent. Um, because again, the only way to engage employees and really inform them of the things they need to know to do their jobs is by providing them with communications. And so you need to do it in a way where they know when they're going to get it, how they can access it, um, and that they know that it, you know, today or a year from now, that flow of communications will still be there. It's not necessarily going to die out, uh, which I think is something that a lot of organizations struggle with. They will start a communication strategy, 
um, and then eventually it will sort of lose its flame. Um, and I think for organizations that really value internal communications, that's not the case because there is consistently a, um, there's a consistent uh, prioritization of internal communications in, within the organization as a priority, as a strategic goal. Yeah, exactly right. The, the common denominator, it feels, uh, between companies that have really strong internal communications programs tends to be not only great communications people like yourself, but also great leadership that actually recognize the value of it, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, again, I think, you know, commun internal communications is not just about uh, talking to staff, but it's really about forging a connection between employees and the employer. And so that's the organization as a voice, but it's also the organization speaking to its leadership and its leadership trickling down that information to its staff. So it's literally providing connection uh, through all the layers up and all the layers down. Uh, and I do you know, very strongly believe that organizations that are most successful are successful because they have an informed and engaged workforce. They're successful because their leadership understand the value of an informed and engaged workforce. Because at the end of the day, the reality is organizations can't be successful if their employees are not engaged in the mission. And in order for employees to be engaged in the mission, they need to feel connected to their work. They have to find meaning in what they do. Um, they need to take pride in their work and where they work in order to do their best work. I think when, when you were talking about daily updates, so whether that happens through email or people are sharing, sharing information in other ways, but when it's that continuous, can you tell me a little bit about what it actually takes to do that? I mean, what day are you on right now of the daily updates? And, and like, what is really the process like without getting into too many specifics around Cedar sinai like, what does it just take to pull off continuous ongoing recurring communication like that at that level? Yeah, well, we're on day 185. <laughs> um, and I think like with any communication strategy, right? With any communications channel that you need to feed on a regular basis. Um, in COVID, you know, pre-COVID, uh, it takes lots of planning, foresight, uh, an editorial calendar. It takes the ability to be very flexible and to pivot when breaking news or sort of breaking information pours in. Um, I think it also takes, you know, good tactical, succinct writing skills. And then I think what's most important really to all of this is, uh, to your point earlier, an actively engaged leadership team. So you need, you know, organizations need to actively engage their leaders from across, you know, the institution to help vet information, um, brainstorm messaging ideas. Uh, it's probably one of the most important factors to success, I think, for a regular cadences of communications is that leaders at the top level have to be involved in driving that discussion um, along with us, the communicators, so that 
we are really ensuring that we're supporting institutional goals and strategic messages as we communicate. And I don't think that can be done without leadership support. So they really need to have a seat at the table along with the communicators. Yeah, makes sense. Another thing around this is, you know, on one hand, you have the general, I imagine, update to everybody. But I imagine there's also kind of audience specific communication that's happening, you know, to whether there's certain, you know, folks that deal with patients in certain ways, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit about how you're segmenting and how you think about different communication to different kind of staff and, and the challenges and opportunities around that? Sure, sure. Um, and I think in healthcare especially, this is something that uh, is dialed up a little bit because yes, absolutely, departments and roles uh, shouldn't all be communicated with in the same way. Um, and they're not all necessarily getting the exact same message because not everyone is doing the exact same work. Um, communications definitely needs to be catered uh, at times to certain roles in certain areas. And again, that's in healthcare and really any institution. So for example, uh, we communicators, we know just in general, some people prefer email, other people prefer mobile friendly communications. Um, some people don't access a computer at all in their daily work. Uh, and so we know that not only is the method to obtaining communication different uh, for roles and audiences, but we also know the messages change depending on the audience. And so all of these things really need to be taken into account when crafting internal communications and coming up with the right strategies to communicate to staff. Uh, because again, it's, it's all about impact and relevancy, right? So if you want your communications to be strong, they need to be relevant and they need to be impactful. So there's no one size fits all. Um, and I think really targeting audiences for communications ensures that you are delivering the right message at the right time uh, through the right channel. And so you can do that, uh, for example, if you take the healthcare model, your communications to all employees across a healthcare organization, right? From environmental services workers who clean patient rooms to physician researchers who work in a lab, that message may be different than communications that you cater to clinical physicians, communications that you cater to nurses, and so on and so forth. One thing that just stays with me when talking to comms professionals in, in healthcare like yourself is just the fact that without being overly dramatic, you guys actually deal with life and death scenarios, right? And the rest of us, um, we deal with employee engagement more along the lines of, you know, people, people feeling good. And there's, there's nothing, um, there's no attempt here to, to downplay the, the importance of that, but the stakes are really, really high in your world. Um, and so that intensity, you know, is, is a little bit different. And I'm, I'm wondering if, you think there are some specifics that folks in other industries might learn from how you guys have had to approach this kind of intensity, maybe even the, just the fact that you've had to do things that maybe previously you thought couldn't even be possible, right? Like communicating as frequently as you are, et cetera. Now, what's the, what's the bigger takeaway for communications professionals and leaders 
in really any sector around this kind of stuff, seeing how the world is changing as we go into 2021? So I think at the end of the day, it all, it, again, it all ties back to people. So in healthcare, our business is people, right? Our business is healing. Um, we are focused on people's lives, on their well-being, on their health and wellness, on their safety. That's what's at stake. But at the end of the day, as a healthcare organization, we're more, um, we're more focused on ensuring that we're taking care of our people so that they can take care of our patients. So there's a layered approach there. And I think that that model really fits with any organization in or outside of the healthcare industry. So at the end of the day, whatever an organization's core mission is, that organization needs to be able to take care of the people who are on the front lines every day, actually delivering on that mission. And so it really just comes back to people. And I think strong internal communication strategies uh, in organizations depend on that focus on the employee, focus on the people. How do we need to communicate with them what tools do we need to provide in order to ensure that they feel like they are engaged, like they're informed and they're connected with the organization that they work for, that they believe in the organization that they work for. So Tanya, you made the jump from journalism to communications, which is not uncommon, right? But um, I'm wondering what you've taken with you from that past experience as a, as a journalist. Yeah, so definitely not uncommon. Um, I think there are lots of folks who are in the communications and even the marketing world uh, that come from a journalism background. Uh, I think, again, going back to people, uh, that's where I sort of tie my two fields of experience is really at the end of the day, it comes down to people and storytelling. I got into journalism because I wanted to be a storyteller. I wanted to ask people questions, hear their stories, and then be able to write them and share them with the rest of the world. Uh, and I think in internal communications, that's very similar to what we do, uh, just in a little bit of a different way. So at the end of the day, again, we are telling stories. We are, we are talking to people in the organization, we're telling their stories, we're messaging back out, uh, and so it, it really does have an interesting parallel because at the end of the day, we're still doing the same kind of storytelling work, just in a bit of a different way. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. It really is. And you're right. There's so many people that I've encountered in my career too, in marketing communications that, that come from journalism and what they all tend to have in common is a focus on people, a focus on storytelling, and just the ability to communicate very clearly, which you certainly do too. So um, it uh, it's awesome. That's great. Um, listen, we're both here in the LA area, and we're not blind to the current social climate. Um, without going too far into that, just curious, as a seasoned communications professional in a market, an area like Los Angeles, how do you think about just what, what organizations need to do and be mindful of 
given the situation we're in as a as a nation and as a community really so i think you know regardless of the time that we're in uh it really is so important for any organization to acknowledge the social climate that it's in. Um, and I think now more than ever, uh, it is important for employers and institutions to acknowledge the social climate that we're living in. The reality is that we are all under an intense amount of pressure, um, and stress, it's a very, very stressful time. And so it would be really sort of uh, disengaging and I think disingenuous for organizations to be tone deaf and turn a blind eye to that. Uh, and I understand that, you know, it's difficult uh, because organizations may or may not want to take a specific stance on any given subject. But I think that that's not really the point. The point, again, is just acknowledging uh, what's happening in the world, acknowledging what's happening in our communities, acknowledging uh, what's happening even, uh, you know, in our own homes, potentially. Uh, again, it's a very stressful time. And so it's important for organizations to acknowledge that and to be able to foster an environment where their employees can feel like they can have open, professional, healthy, safe dialogue about the things that are going on in the world. Um, you know, at Cedar sinai I think we're very lucky to have a um, really robust diversity and inclusion program that helps to foster those open lanes of communication and provides forum for that kind of communication. Uh, and I think other organizations, both in healthcare and, and out of healthcare, are really uh, moving in that direction in terms of acknowledging the social climate and then providing forums for their employees to really be able to just discuss what's on their minds. Such a great point, Tanya, that, you know, we tend to think that, oh, we have to take a stance, right? And hats off to anybody who's really willing to take a stance, absolutely. But like you said, it's first and foremost about acknowledging what's actually going on, you know, understanding and appreciating the broader context, right? And then communicating within that and allowing for communication, not treating it like this one-way thing, right? but just allow, giving room to, to, for a dialogue, uh, given what's going on. That's well put. Um, so wanted to, wanted to close on this with you. You know, in a, in a world as intense as healthcare may be, um, what does connections in the workplace mean to you? So connection is, it's so important, right? It, it's, it's, part of the foundation of, of what we do in our work. Um, and it is interwoven into the framework, I think, of any organization uh, that has a mission of healing, of purpose, of, of helping others. Uh, you know, in healthcare, again, we are all about people. We are about healing. We're about saving lives. And so connection is very deeply woven into what we do. It's 
you know, the connection between our frontline workers and our clinicians and our patients, it's connection between coworkers and colleagues, uh, it's our connection as employees back to the organizations that we work for. Um, and then also it's just a general connection to the purpose um, and the mission of what we do. A connection back to the purpose of our organization. And so I think that connection really is key and it's one of the ways in which you can also measure internal communications. I think if you're successfully uh, doing internal communications in an organization, you will find that employees feel connected to their work, to the mission, and to the organization itself. Uh, and so really connection is key. And, and again, at the end of the day, we're, we're, it's all about people, right? Uh, and now more than ever, especially I think in the climate that we're in and in the midst of the global pandemic, we know now more than ever that uh, connection and interaction is so important. And so really it's just, it's important in everything we do in our lives, whether it's at work, at home, in our communities, with our families, with our loved ones. I mean, it's the key to our framework as a society. Thank you for that and for everything that you've shared with us today. It's been awesome to have you. Um, you have fantastic insights and a real clear ability to share them. So thank you so much. And uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of a insanely busy schedule. So thank you, Tanya. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for listening. It's my sincere hope you found something you can apply towards greater connection in your work life. If so, an honest review would certainly be welcomed. Reboot for Connection is brought to you by ScreenCloud. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we'd be honored if you subscribe to this one. You may also email us at reboot at screencloud.com with any reactions or ideas you might have for us. Hope to catch you again next time.